This is Unclaimed Bands, episode 16. Hey music lovers, welcome to another edition of Unclaimed Bands. It's Amanda Mayhem and Sean here, sitting down to talk with Dazzle Job. Welcome guys and girl. What up? Hey. Hey. Hi, this is uh, Kyle. I uh, sing and play guitar. Uh, Chloe, I drum. And on the bass is Steve. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to call in and have a chat with us. No problem. You'll regret this later. (laughs) (laughs) Who says I don't already? Just kidding. (laughs) All right. Well, there's no better place to start than at the beginning. How did you guys form? Um, It's interesting. Our original bass player um, who I had grown up with actually introduced me to Chloe um, probably like seven months before we actually played for the first time. Um, so that's how I met Chloe, and, and in that time, I actually started dating Chloe's sister, um, who now I'm married to. So through that, um, I convinced Chloe that, you know, jamming with me would be a good idea. That's a long yeah. way to go to convince someone to jam with you. Nice. <laughs> yeah, usually most, peop- most people think that I started, um, you know, dating my wife because Chloe was in the band, but I actually got Chloe in the band because I was dating her sister. There's a pointer out there for drummer recruitment. Yeah. Yep. Beat their sisters. It works. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from there, um, you know, we we just started playing. Um, I'm just trying to think how long we went through. We went through like almost three bass players in about one year. Um, the original bass player quit um, because of musical differences. And then uh, trying to think how long we went before we had another one. It was it was like a few months, I think. Yeah, it was yeah because well we started in like the we started in November of like 2003, and then I think we lost Jesse by the spring of of like 04, and yeah. then we somehow got Asher by the summer of 04, and he was there and gone, and we didn't have another bass player till like the winter of 05. So whenever. The first, yeah, I was at Bucks, and I found Warren. Yeah, then we had a bass player named Warren who made it for a couple of months. You would think we're really horrible people to get along with, um, the fact that we flew <laughs> through bass players as fast as we did. But the the problem was we just couldn't find anybody um, that was, I guess, into as what we were doing as what we were um, and really kind of had like the talent to want to wanna keep up. I feel like what we were doing... Um, or the, the the direction we were going was good with people in the beginning, and then as Chloe and I tried to keep going forward with it, they just either didn't want to keep up or didn't want to try to keep up with what we were doing. So for a lot of the times, there were huge like spurts for months where Chloe and I would be playing without a bass player. Wow. What kind yeah. of direction is that? Um, when I originally started writing songs, um. For the band, I wanted to keep it at a very simple, like, you know, three-piece rock and roll outfit, um, you know, emphasize on riffs, um, and just kind of take it back to basics. At that time, um, bands like uh, Jet were, like, getting really popular, and um, it was kind of refreshing to, you know, see bands take it to a more basic level, um, and uh, that's, I thought that would be a good idea, because the last band I was in, which actually Steve was in with me, had five really? guys. And uh, that's a lot of people in a band. Um, that is a lot of people. 
and you don't notice how many people it is. Do you go from a band that large to a band that's much smaller? Uh, so, you know, I don't know what it was. The original bass player um, didn't like the fact that it was so classic rock sounding. Um, our second bass player was more interested in playing jazz, um, which Chloe and I pretty much hate jazz. And uh, then then Warren was, was a really good fit, but just was a really big flake. Um, well, he, and he lost interest in music, apparently, is what he told me. So, he, quit the, you know. he quit the band the best way I've ever seen anybody quit a band. He just stopped showing up and returning phone oh. calls. Isn't that how most people quit bands, though? Yeah, that's how I break up with girls. No, no. Well, usually usually there's, you know, arguments and people whining about whose cables are whose. Chair throwing. He just, but he just left all of his stuff in my garage. Like, he didn't I even was, come get it until months later. I was really hoping we were going to inherit his two bases and a bass amp. Yeah. I thought that would have been, you know, hey, at least it would have been an incentive for the next bass player. It's like, listen, if you join, we already have bases and a bass amp. <laughs> nice. All you got to do is show up. But eventually he picked his stuff up, so it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, that's kind of bummed me out as well. (laughs) (laughs) We love Steve. Yeah, and then actually it was all kind of funny because after we had lost Warren, it was almost like a year. And in between that year, I'd started talking to Steve again, and I hadn't talked to Steve in probably three or four years. Um, Well, I wasn't living out in Pittsburgh for a year. I mean, yeah. just the separation there. We just kind of lost contact. And it was funny. Well, I mean, there, it goes deeper than that. The band we were in, I went on a, I went on a huge power tirade, and it all fell apart. And it was basically all my fault, and everybody in the band pretty much stopped speaking to me for a while. So when I actually did start talking to Steve again, he already knew about the band and, and knew about the EP we put together and, and had seen our MySpace and jokingly mentioned to me, he's like, hey, if I ever move back and you want a bass player, I said, yeah, yeah, you're in. I said, it's, it's not a problem. And then it was seriously like three months, and, and I think I think you were back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then from then on, it's been the it's, it's been the three of us. And it's been amazing because, you know, he's only been on us for like oh, almost like four years now. It seems like the first three years, we made up all that time that we lost, like the minutes. Steve joined, like, joined the band. It was like we didn't, you know, it's like the three years didn't really exist, but they did exist. You were yeah, in a yeah. portal at a far away Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was like being in an episode of Doctor Who or something. Nice. <laughs> Just started watching that show, actually. I know, it's, it's constantly on in our household. But it, it, was, it was, it was like we lost no time, and, and it went from, it went from having, you know, being able to do no shows because we had no bass player and having like half an album's worth of material to getting Steve in the band. It was like now we had like, you know, three people, you know, on, you know, on the same page. The rest of the album pretty much wrote itself, and then we did the first album really, really quick, and... uh from there, like, you know, we started getting shows and started actually building a fan base. Um, so it's been, it's, been, it's been pretty interesting. What was the hardest part and easiest part about building your fan base? The hardest thing is getting gigs. It, it's like the nicest thing about, like, this, you know, the modern age we live in is it, it's easy to make a record and anybody can, you know, promote themselves and get themselves on Facebook or MySpace, and, you know. But it's just, it's so oversaturated. Everybody's in a band. And I, that's also part of the hardest thing is getting people to take you seriously when you're like, no, I'm in a band. And, and I'm like, you know, we don't suck. It's actually pretty good. 
people are very hesitant. It's like, yeah, I'm sure you yeah, know. Yeah, they so. hear that from everybody. Everybody's in a bit. I mean, everybody, I mean, when we were doing when we were doing the charity benefit back in November, I remember setting up, there were people coming in, like, laying promotion things all over the bar. <laughs> we're guilty which, of that. Leave us alone. <laughs> no, no, it's, hey, it, it, it's okay, but it's just, it's just, there's just so many people in bands now. True. And I think I think it makes it harder to get to get gigs in, in better venues. And I think too, a lot of the people that go to bars and clubs, um, it's hard to convince them when you're an all originals band and don't really do a lot of, you know, do a lot of covers. Most people when they're drinking kind of just want to hear something that's familiar and not really think about it. Um, but that's that's been the hardest part. The easiest part has been, you know, once we're like one song in, we seem to get people's attention. Um, and they really seem to listen, and they end up staying and, and listening, and that's actually been the easy part, which is strange. Let's talk about the new CD you have coming out, or, you know, iTunes and record or whatever people want to buy nowadays, download Pirate. How does it differ from your first one? Um, this record, I think, the, well, the first record we did um, really quick, and I don't think... Not that we didn't put thought into it, I think we were just so anxious to get the songs recorded that we did it very raw and, and very basic. And now I know Steve and I talk about it all the time. We like jokingly say like, "I hate the record." Um, I don't. I well, don't. I actually do hate the. And we'll be hearing two tracks from that record later. <laughs> well, no, no, I don't. I don't. I don't hate the song. The or anything. No, no, no. I, joking, lo I love the songs. I still love playing the songs. It's just when I listen back to it, I'm thinking, "Oh God, why did we? Why did we do that? Oh, like why did we?" You know why didn't we? You know why did we mix it like that? Why didn't we add more guitars here? Why didn't we? You know do this, but you know it is what it is, and I think it's a really accurate representation of the band. Like at at that time, like it, it was it was done very quick. I think with like a lot of enthusiasm and and captured like a very rawness of the band. Where like the new record, I think we've been much more patient and open to doing um, you know other things that we didn't do on the first one and. Um, my whole feeling behind it was trying to create a dynamic of when you see us live, you get one feel of the band, and when you listen to the record, you get a totally different, you know, sort of sort of sound, but it's still the same band. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's just taking it to another level with your sophomore release. That's excellent. Yeah, and, and I mean, the difference was the first record I wrote almost half of the songs before Steve had joined, and now since Steve's joined, Steve adds, you know, such an element that was missing um, from before when he joined, so now the songs I feel are they're much more complex and there's there's way more substance to them and I feel you know they deserve to be I don't know recorded better um, you know or have more consideration than we you know than like the hurry up way we kind of did the first one. What are the content of your songs? Um, it's funny when I started writing songs when I was like 17, I I had this mindset that everything I was going to write about was going to be like 100% true, like it had to happen to me and it had to be factual, so, you know, the, the great bulk of my songwriting started out with, you know, a girl screwing me over, and it kind of gets old really fast, writing about that, especially if you really don't have any girls in your life, um, so I, I started to realize with this band, actually, that um, I could actually write outside of you know, personal experience and kind of, you know, create stories. And, and that's what I've really done with, with the new record is, is try to, um, try to create, um, you know, characters in a way and actually have a little more fun with it and not take it so seriously, but yet still try to, still try to convey something, 
you know, through you know, through the song, but it's, you know, they're they're much like broader now and not so like unidirectional. It, you know, it's it's guy and girl, guy gets screwed over, guy's crying about it. Yeah. Um, so but basically, I just try to keep them about normal day to day life things, nothing too dramatic. So, do you handle most of the writing, or I mean, how is it a, as a collaborative process? Um, it's well, lyrically, yeah, I do, I do all the lyrics. Um, I've offered that anybody can write lyrics at any time. It's the one thing I think I, I stress over the most. Um, and yet it's what I found people listen to the least in songs. Um, but uh, for song writing, it, it, it was different. When I first started, and even in the band that Steve and I were in before, I would write like everything. And it you know, kind of was the way it was. You know, we would work it out. Um, but the, strong structure, uh, the song structures really didn't change. Whereas now it's like either I present like like an like an exoskeleton of a song. It's like here's what I want to do with this. Let's work on it. But it's far more collaborative um, in this band than any other band I've had. Um, and with three people, you have so much room to like to move musically. Not you know no one's stepping on anyone's toes. So we can pretty much do whatever we want um, with a song as long as it as long as it sounds like a song. I don't like listening to music where you're listening to something and you don't really feel like you're listening to something. Gotcha. Well, you know, I'm really sick of talking about your music, so why don't we dive into a track? Sound good? Yep. All right. All right. Here is Don't Let Go by Dazzle Job. Just promise me you'll stay 
Don't Let Go by Dazzle Job. I love the beginning to that song, by the way. Thanks. It's been in my head for a few days. That is the that is my one goal with anything I, I try to write is I want to make it as catchy as, as hell. And I want to make you hate it after about a week. <laughs> stuck in your head. So I have four more days just until I hate it. Yeah, you have four more days, so you're going to wish you never heard that song. <laughs> and uh, he's also done that to me as well. Like, he'll write something. <laughs> Like two weeks later, like Kyle, it's in my head. Ah, like, uh, <laughs> just get stuck the- in your head, and you just hear it over and over and over and over again. But it's actually so, good practice. So, you know, I gotta ask. Okay, considering the fact that uh, Kyle and uh, Chloe are related there, do you, do you find yourself playing the record at family parties or family get-togethers? <laughs> no, actually, I cringe when someone wants to play it. <laughs> My mom uh, loves to listen to it in her car when I'm in the car with her. I'm going, I, I can't, I can't listen to this. <laughs> she doesn't, but she goes, it's you, and you work so hard. I'm like, yeah, I, I, no, I can't. Yeah, but you, know. you hear it so much, and you hear it over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, you know it well. It's like, all right, that's <laughs> enough, you know? I mean, I love, I love the fact that I really think, like, everybody, like, our family and friends are really supportive of us, and, and I appreciate that. But they sometimes don't understand, like, when you're at a gig and they're like, but I want to hear this song, and it's like, nah, if, if I play that one more time, I'm going to throw up all over you. <laughs> I just I don't want to... I that sends them a message. I just so, don't want to play that song anymore. But, so, um... No, I mean, it. you know, it's... I, I think it's died down. I think when the new record comes out, it's going to be parental and, and family bombardment with it. They're going to listen to it nonstop. Um, nice. So I'm kind of preparing myself for that. Do you have any memorable show experiences? Um, the, the Kyber was, was great. That was pretty much a big deal because that's probably the biggest place we, we played. I know yeah, Steve, I know Steve loved it. Yeah, it, it was absolutely awesome because one of my favorite 
played there, like probably not too long ago. And then uh, we had played there, so it was just kind of neat to see uh, see us on the same stage as like this band that you idolize and stuff. So it was a pretty neat a neat thing for me anyway. And I think too, like for a show, that was one of the biggest shows where we exposed ourselves to like people who had never heard us before, and not just exposed ourselves like dropping our pants. Um, <laughs> but but really, like people who had never heard of us and didn't know what what to expect of us. Um, we really had like a bigger audience of that. Whereas when we play closer to home, it's it's a lot of friends and a lot of family. Whereas this was, you know, uh, it was a Philly crowd. It was a big crowd, and um, you know, uh, it it got it got you know some positive attention for us. Excellent. Any uh, any show stick out for you, Chloe? Uh, I not one in particular. Um. I just, anytime we get to play out, I have a good time because it's, like, my favorite thing to do. Like, recording is great and all, but my favorite thing to do is be on stage and play, so. And drink lots of coffee. <laughs> yes, yes I do drink a lot of nice. coffee. Oh, my God. Coffee is great for you. I'm a coffee addict as well. We did, Every man. song is, is, like, 180 BPM, and we're, like, struggling to keep up. <laughs> it's we have that other cup, like... It is funny. We did do one show right after the Dave Grohl Fresh Pods video came out where Chloe... Nice. Had, I saw that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Chloe had consumed probably three pots of coffee. I think she was wound up. And it was funny. Cause it, it is like when you see a Ramones show. Like, you listen to a Ramones record and you think that they're playing, you know, pretty fast on record. And then you, like, actually watch a, a live Ramones show and it's, like, really cranked up. Um, so yeah, that was that was fun. I mean, there was really nothing else memorable about that show. Just I mean, and everybody was screaming fresh pot, <laughs> um, nice. and and a lot of people were, who didn't know what it was were standing around going, "What the hell, fresh pot? <laughs> I don't know what, what's fresh pot." It's a wonder they didn't think something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah know, that's, right? that's what I was thinking. But I mean, like, where? <laughs> I think I think the week after that show, we had sent it around on Facebook enough times that pretty much everybody in you know there that night then got it and, and how funny it was. <laughs> Now, if you could open up for any band, who would that band be and why? Oh man, well I'll let I'll let Chloe and Steve go first because um, oh, I know we'll all man. have different answers. Of course. Wait, I have to. Uh... All right, well I'm gonna be really cheesy and I'm gonna just say Aerosmith because they've been my favorite band um, for a really long time and. I don't even want to talk about Steven Tyler and the American Idol thing. Like, I'm just pretending that's not happening. Oh, my God. You should go on. I'm pretending that that's not happening. It's, like, so embarrassing to me as a fan, like, that I just don't even want to think about it. But, um, yeah. Can we say, like, Aerosmith from, like, 1978? I'd like to open for them. If it can time travel. (laughs) Before Steven Tyler decided to start That's probably not part of the question, but... Although I think Steven Tyler's face is stretched pretty tight now, so it looks like he's 1978 Steven Tyler. So. Yeah. I gotta say, I gotta say one thing though. Quality-wise, of like music and 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 show-wise, they still sound phenomenal. I mean, they really, do. really, really, really great band. Um, I would pick a newer band. I would I would kill to open for um, a Welsh band called Stereophonics. Um, they're a band Thanks. that we get compared to uh, a lot, and I, I don't, I don't know. I just think that they would be a blast to, to do a show with. What about you, Steve? Um, there's actually a three-way tie for first for me. I was actually thinking about it when everybody else was talking, so I have a good, you know. <laughs> nice. All right, 
Ike Riley assassination, number one. Number two would be the hold steady, and number three would be Palomar. Not really because so much we're like them, but I would just like to see them after we play. There you, you know? go. That's fair enough. So, with you guys, are you guys all up in Percocy, up in that area? Um. Well, it, the funny bit is... I am. Uh, yeah, well, I am, I, am, I am too. In fact, I'm living in the apartment Steve used to live in. Um, right. It's kind of one of the same. If one person from the band has to occupy this apartment, um, it, it's a, it's a weird thing. So when Steve moved out, I moved in because our rehearsal space is below the gotcha. apartment, <laughs> and someone has to occupy it um, at all times, or we have to find a different rehearsal space. But Steve, Steve lives in Quakertown, which is only like five minutes north of Perkins. So. With you guys living that far out, did you find it difficult to get uh, gigs? And I mean, what's in the Perkins sound? I mean, anything happening out there? We are the Perkinsy sound. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, good to know. That'll put me out there from the city. I you guys mean, are the Perkinsy sound. I'm coming to Perkinsy. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, like it, what's what's funny is when we just did back in was it September. We did a gig at New Hope at a place called John and Peters, and we were the opening band. And we only got to, it was really short evening. We played seven songs, and the band that came on after us was, uh, you know, really surprised because. You know, you know, I, I, I always, I always say we're from Perkinsy. I don't try to say, oh yeah, we're from Philly, we're from because we're not. I think that's the most cheesy thing when, especially when you know somebody in a band and you know where they're from, and they're like, oh yeah, we're from here, and it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> um, Me and you must know the same people up in Perkinsy. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I like, you know, I always, I always say, you know, you know that we're from Perkinsy, but when we played this gig in New Hope, the, the guy. Uh, uh, the lead singer from the other band got on after us and said, you know, Dazzle Job, he was like, holy shit, what the hell is going on at Percocy? Um, you know, and I just kind of looked at him and was like, well, I don't, you know, this is this is what we do. But, I mean, it seems to be, you know, there's something starting again. Cause places that didn't used to have music or, or any bands or any, any any entertainment at all that were just regular, you know, bars or restaurants are now offering live music Um Pretty frequently, like every every weekend, um, which is surprising because like five years ago, no place around here was really having live bands unless you were like a tribute band. Uh, that's that's good. Um, good to know. We need more of it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and there's also uh, there's like a scene. Uh, well, there's a scene in New Hope. Purgacy starting to you know gain ground, and Lansdale, which is close to us too, has a pretty big music scene that's, that's starting up. Um, especially if you're a hardcore band. Well, you know, along those lines, obviously, hearing it's great hearing that places are opening up to live music again and just not covers. What do you think? Uh, what do you think the, the, has been the turn and, and with the music scene to make it so abysmal for uh, these past couple of years? Um, well, there's just a lot of crap, <laughs> and I, th- I think people are eventually are, are not eventually. I think people are actually waking up to the fact that you know, it's not like it was in the you know in the 70s where like good music could be provided to you through like the radio like you could rely on radio to like bring you like the bet you know like the new led zeppelin or, or this or that like you actually have to dig now and find like quality music and because it, it's everywhere it's just you know it's just not going to be you know delivered to you you know via you know a very reliable source you got to do your own dig and i think people are finally getting fed up with the fact that there's just so much junk everywhere that they're starting to venture out and 
know, if they see like a band playing at like Chloe's record store tonight or something, and you know they hear a clip on them from their MySpace page, and like, all right, I'm gonna go check this band out. I think people are are finally, you know, you know, going and venturing out and and trying to find stuff because there's tons of good stuff everywhere. It's just you're not gonna hear it on the radio, unfortunately. Yeah, radio is always a. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, uh, Chloe. I was I was just to say that's another thing. Um, it's actually we at this record store here, Siren Records, we get a lot of really good bands playing. Um, we have them play like on first Fridays and uh, we have this thing called communal commotion that um, a local guy puts together and it's like the last Saturday of the month. And uh, it's like, we're at like three bands or it's like for, usually on, on first Friday, it's three bands, the communal commotion. It's like there's three different venues and like three different bands play each one at a different time. And, um, it's just really cool. It's really nice and refreshing to see so many local bands that are really, really talented. And we've actually played here for the first Friday once before too. Yeah, hopefully we'll be doing that again. Do, do you want to? Uh, do you want oh, to give the will. name and the address for for uh, our people listening? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's uh, Siren Records. We're at 25 East State Street in Doylestown, across from the County Theater. Everyone seems to know where that is. Excellent. And if a uh, if a band wants to uh, see about playing there, who should they talk to? Um, you can come in and just ask anybody, or you can, um, we're on, we're on Facebook, just search for Siren Records, and you can shoot us a message through there if you want. Great. Other than Siren Records and finding out how to get there, how do we get to Dazzle Job? We are on Facebook, and we are, you know, planning a relaunch of our, of our website, so, um, but, but there again, back to like, like the, like personal level thing that we communicate with, with our fans it seems like we do most of it just like from our personal um facebook account at least chloe and i do um mm-hmm. steve's the unabomber steve's not on facebook yeah i don't have a facebook account <laughs> so if you want to talk to steve you're gonna to have to talk to chloe or i <laughs> you're gonna to have to show up to my house if you if, yeah, two secondaries steve you're lucky well hopefully <laughs> this song ends up on a guitar hero or rock band for everyone to mimic playing. This is Ain't Your Kind of Man by Dazzle Job.
you need to be diverted I just ain't your kind of man Kind of man by Dazzle Job. So where can I find that tune at? Um, currently you can check our uh, MySpace page. It's uh, www.myspace.com/dazzlejob, and it's also on our Facebook page, which I think is the same kind of URL moniker, just slash Dazzle Job. And uh, also at a fine retail establishment, Siren Records in Doylestown, which Chloe can now tell you all about. Yes. Uh, yeah, so CD, we have it for sale at Siren in Doylestown. And we actually, uh, there's like a whole, uh, section for local bands, which is pretty cool because, you know, it gives bands around here like a, a place to, you know, sell their wares. And you can, um, check out Siren on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook. Just type in Siren Records. You can stop in the store sometime with your CDs. We put them on consignment. And pretty good deal and uh we have shows here a lot so you know if you're on facebook you can like check out when they are and stuff and i'm sure we'll be playing here sometime soon hopefully so what can we expect from dazzle job in the future um the future will bring the uh the new record which is untitled but um all the core tracks are basically recorded we're just doing um you know little overdubs here or there and i have to put vocals on it and uh we just have to mix it so you and I were talking. It's like you know, spring, summer uh, of this year should uh, should have a record, um, and it'll probably have some sort of title with an innuendo and probably some sort of racing cover. Um, <laughs> so can people just uh, keep an eye on Facebook for that for updates? Yeah, I would definitely you know check the uh, you know check uh, check the dialogue on Facebook. And if anybody out there wants to you know friend Chloe or I, um, you know we're pretty friendly people and. So. What advice do you have for people who want to form their own bands? Uh, the, what I pretty much touched on in the beginning, um, song quality speaks volumes. I mean, more so than, than like what clothes you're wearing, 
or really what guitars you have. Um, people can really tell when, you know, you write quality music and, you know, you're putting the effort into it with, you know, rehearsal and stuff. I mean, the, I mean, to me, even as a music fan, nothing beats going and seeing a band that you've never heard of before and just being impressed by them. Um, and in the same token, nothing is more depressing than going and seeing a band and just going, really? Like, these people got this gig? Um, so I, I think it's just, you know, really put the time into it and, and it'll pay off and it'll, it'll show. Nice. Thank you. Kyle, Steve, Chloe, thank you so much for calling in to do our Skype interview. We definitely appreciate it. Hey, welcome. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. it. I'm Amanda Mayhem with Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and as always, with passion. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclaimed bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.